Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Vilander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Will you find myself and Matt once again in the media lounge of the O2 Arena, which is... I mean, this is not news, but a weird place, isn't it? I mean, I've just got completely lost in it for about the seventh time in 24 hours, and I still can't figure out if it's indoors or outdoors, why on earth there's a super drug here. <laughs> it's, I mean, who is satisfying their cosmetic needs at the O2 Arena in Greenwich? It's, it's a weird, weird place. I mean, the, uh, yeah. People come here for <laughs> nights out when there's not something going on at the O2 in the arena. Blows my mind, mm. that. Absolutely blows my mind. And you have I, to make sure you walk around the right way, don't you? Otherwise mm, you end up mm, just mm. miles from where you want to be. Mm. I know I know someone who shall not be named that was once taken for a first date at the Harvester at the O2, which is one of the saddest stories I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what else is a weird place. Canary Wharf at the weekend. That's, oh, that's where my yeah. Airbnb is. It's an absolute ghost town. You've you've teased the listener, Matt, with with the mention of your Airbnb story to come later, folks. Story yes. involving Matt being up in the middle of the night without his glasses on because you were watching day one of the Fed Cup final between Australia and France in Perth, and it's all finally poised after day one, kind of perfectly poised in terms of the rest of the tie at uh, one win apiece um, and I suppose maybe the, the bare facts of the results are not unexpected the manner of the results the manners of the victories for Ash Barty over Caroline Garcia and Kiki Medenovic over Alia Tomljanovic very very surprising Matt and also surprising to the extent that you got more sleep than hoped and expected yeah. Every up, cloud. Up at three, back in bed at six. <laughs> Saw two tennis matches. David set his alarm for six. And he'd missed hoping it Hoping to catch <laughs> the best of the action. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, right, to, to give us a summary, how, how bad were the two losers? How good were the two winners? What was the occasion like, etc., etc.? Well, the occasion was superb. The staging and the arena was pretty much packed. 13,000, which I've heard is a record for a women's-only tennis event in Australia. So that was fantastic. There were lots of kids. Uh, Tennis Australia had invited 
everyone, I think, who had represented Australia in the Fed Cup over the years, because um, this is obviously kind of the culmination of this era of Fed Cup before it changes format. So there were loads of, you know, tennis fans and f- famous faces in. And it was a great atmosphere, great staging. You, you tweeted that video of uh, Le Marseillais, which is just one of the best things ever in sport or in life, seeing seeing the Marseillais being sung on a stage like that, and it was, it was spine-tingling. France always wins the national anthem. I mean, I don't care. Just, it's just the best. I love it. Um, yeah. Yes, so that was all great, and then the tennis started. <laughs> And honestly, one of the strangest... It's 3 a.m. Matt's pumped. <laughs> one of the strangest sessions of tennis I can remember seeing. I mean, the closest set was 6-1. And th- th- this wasn't like first round of a slam and that there was great disparity between the players. These were top players, all of them pretty much in the top 50. I know Ash Barty's ranking is a standout, but you expected, or I expected close close matches really and you expect something like fed cup and a final to be a leveler exactly um now the first match probably if we deal with these in chronological order <laughs> um, let's go with the really competitive one first yeah. man. let's wet everyone's ap- appetites that 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 to me i've had to boil that match down to one thing so this is um Nadenovic and Tomljanovic which was one and one, one, and to one. Nadenovic. it was for me it was a case of who dealt with the occasion better that essentially the match hinged on that i think and Kikin Nadenovic handled it brilliantly played really well and Tomljanovic it was a nightmare she never settled obviously her first her first tie in Fed Cup representing Australia and it's the final it's an incredibly difficult situation but she unfortunately did not handle it well um, she was spraying errors she was I, I thought she was caught between a bit of a you know rock and a hard place because she was trying to go for it but she was making errors and then when she was dropping back and being a bit more safe she was just sort of dollying the ball up and not really getting anything on the ball and Kiki Mladenovic was playing well enough to just fire winners, get her forehand into play and finish her off. Um, and as you watch the match, it just became increasingly uncomfortable. You could see the stress on Tomjanovic's face. She was chatting to Alicia Mollick. What, what, what happened to the atmosphere? Well, interestingly, the after the first set, which France pocketed 6-1, the, um, the MC kind of went over to the French section of the crowd and got them to continue their chanting and two Australian the MC is also sort of functioning as a hype man exactly right and the Australian team uh, Stosa and Gavrilova who is not not in the squad but she was on the bench went to have a little word and said look we're at home why are you doing this you know why are you encouraging the French they lodged a complaint about the hype man exactly Um, oh hype is hype folks (laughs) so because it was so f- flat from an Australian perspective, because they had absolutely nothing to cheer. It's, I always think the dynamic between the fans and the players is really interesting in Fed Cup, because the players kind of need the fans, but equally the fans need something from the players to get into, and there was nothing and, coming from Tomjanovic. If, if you're an Aussie, I mean, I guess different folks, different strokes, but I'd rather play in some atmosphere, mm. even if it's even if it's of a French persuasion, yeah. than a totally, you know, a huge full arena feeling flat is a very bizarre thing. It took until 
6-1-5 love for Tomjanovic to hit a winner. No. That's the, that's the level of, unfortunately, the level of performance we're talking about. It was, it was such a shame. Um, and, and this was the most competitive match, folks. This was the more competitive <laughs> one, yeah. Um, but Kiki Mladenovic really, on, on the other hand, Mladenovic really does love the stage. You know, she said, the bigger the pressure, the, that equals the bigger the event, therefore the better I play kind of thing, which was all the stuff you wanted to hear. Yeah, I mean, you'd probably say her, her single standout result in singles is the that French Open mm. well, a couple of French Opens the French yeah. Open where she beat Muguruza yeah. finger wagging gate a great gate a great gate one of the all time great gates um, shall we hear from Mladenovic and from from Tomijanovic I think it was such a unique experience and feeling um, I don't think I've ever felt it before I definitely wish I could have you know done better with the circumstances but at the end of the day I I did you know gave my give my all and it just, yeah, didn't really go as planned. It's not something you can really kind of explain. Um, it's just a feeling that I had just walking out, even even for the ceremony. It's really unique. You're not playing for yourself. You're playing for the whole country, for your teammates. Um, yeah, it'd be easier if they were all not nice, so you wouldn't really care. But, um, yeah, it's just definitely you're playing for something way more than you play all year. To be honest, I, I didn't feel like she was too nervous. I just felt that I was extremely focused on just myself and playing my game. And I had my game plan um, really in mind. And I think I committed perfectly. And I just played, uh, uh, let's say, too fast. And I felt like I was in my comfort zone uh, pretty much the, the whole time, which I'm uh, very satisfied about. You know, I just uh, love this stage. Um, like I said on the encore interview, you know, the bigger the challenge, more the pressure. I I really fight out there. I want you know to just enjoy these moments that are for a lifetime. It's it's just amazing uh, to be out there. Well, I think the tone of voices there kind of says it all. I mean, Medenovic completely buoyant, um, and Tomljanovic not really shying away from it at all. Obviously, absolutely gutted. Sidebar, two unexpected accents there for me. Tom Janovic, <laughs> I was expecting to have a sort of Gavrilova-esque yes. half um, Eastern European, half Australian accent. No, she sounds like Maria Sharapova. <laughs> um, and Medenovic, quite charmingly, speaks English now with a German accent. Like team. Like Dominic team, presumably because obviously they, they speak English amongst themselves. Um yeah, it really struck me that. Anyway, I wonder if Team was up at three a.m. watching. Mm. Might have to ask him on. He wouldn't tomorrow. have had to be up for long. This is true. But then he wouldn't have known that at the time he set his alarm. Indeed. He said he was thinking of um, going to the football today. Is it today or tomorrow? Can't be tomorrow, can it? He's playing tomorrow. Yeah, I think he said he was going to get, going to see if he could go to the football today. He's very, very eager to meet Frank Lampard warm up for a match against Federer by going to the football yeah whatever keeps you fresh Dominic um, so yeah I mean yeah the tone of voices said it all there is Tom Janovic, Matt going to be dropped for the reverse singles there's a there's a serious case that she should be 
However, when you look at the options in the team, you might say, what's the point, kind of? Because Barty will start tomorrow, and if she gets Australia off to a good start, they'll be 2-1 up. That then becomes a slightly less pressured situation for Tomjanovic in that match. Um, you could put Stoza in, but then you probably want Stoza for the doubles. You could put Sharma or Hon in, but then you're probably in a similar situation with an inexperienced player that you're in today. Tomjanovic, a big part of her performance today was an understandable first experience. I think she she might be better tomorrow in a match she's not really expected to win against Caroline Garcia, although more to come on her <laughs> mental state. Um, so I really don't know. I think it's I think it's actually a very tough call. I think I don't think the captains made any mistakes with their picks today I think everyone probably would have put those teams out but I think there is there are definite decisions that need to be made based on today's play tomorrow and we'll be able to judge those decisions based on what what the outcome is tomorrow since you've mentioned her why isn't Gavrilova in the team to be honest I'm not sure uh I think it's I think it's possibly that she hasn't she hasn't been in great form Mm. um uh, I know that Sharma they think is a great prospect and I think they want to give her that experience Hon played the decisive doubles I think earlier on in this year with Barty so she's kind of been rewarded for that and performed really well in that doubles um, Stosa for the experience of course, yeah. and then obviously mm. you're going to play Barty and then Tomjanovic has been playing mm. had a much better year than Gavrilova so I think it's tough for Gavrilova that, it is tough it? to get in yeah Functions as a good hype woman, though, apparently. So, or wanting less hype. Or reverse wanting hype less woman. French hype. Um, so, two games for Ilya uh, Tomljanovic. Oh, what Caroline Garcia would have given for two precious games, Matt. Talk us through rubber number two. The, the first ever love and love in a Fed Cup final. The first ever love and love of. These Caroline are, Garcia's these career. These are not things that are going to be written on Caroline Garcia's CV or headstone, are they? No. It, honestly, it was pretty mind-boggling. There was there was an explanation for Tom Janovic's performance. Mm. Nerves, first experience. It was all very understandable. You could, I could, I could feel what was happening. With Garcia, it was much harder. Now Barty was. Unbelievable, she said herself on on court afterwards. I think it's probably the best tennis match I've ever played. And just when you think you've seen Barty <laughs> play the best tennis match she's ever played, as we saw in Shenzhen, she just was even better. And it it really backs up what I thought at the start of the WTA finals that actually she was aiming to peak for the Fed Cup more than Shenzhen. Even this really is yeah, such 4. a four point five million dollars was a warm up. Yeah. Um, and actually, as soon as Barty came on court, the atmosphere changed. Despite the pressure for her to deliver a point, there was kind of a calmness in the stadium. They're like, well, this is Barty. She's going to do it. Um, and, and for that to be the case, given the pressure, the expectation, I think just says so much about how good Barty is and how confident people are. Because Todd Woodbridge in the commentary was mentioning the fact that Vegemite has has changed they've, they've changed the branding to Barty might you know the sort of most iconic Australian food That's now like, bears Barty's um, name Nishikori having his face on cup noodle isn't it yeah it's a big deal 
Yeah. Um, and so they were ramping up this pressure, and Barty just Barty just dealt with it like it was any other match. Um, and she was always a step ahead of Garcia because for the first, really, believe it or not, the first set Garcia wasn't wasn't that bad. She was she was doing the right things, not always executing them brilliantly, perfectly, obviously, but she was playing the right way. She was trying to come forward, be aggressive. But Barty was reading it like a book, just picking her off. See, I think if Caroline Garcia was quite a smart tennis mm. player and certainly a very smooth tennis player. She was exposed. I mean, we talked yesterday about how her ranking just isn't where it should be, but Fed Cup should be a leveller. The occasion should be a leveller. I was expecting her to produce, maybe not win, but produce top 10, top 20 level tennis. Mm. Oh, and she didn't at all. Um Certainly in the second set when the wheels came off, really. Um, but I think, I have to stress, Barty was phenomenal. And Casey Delacqua was on commentary as well, and she obviously knows Barty very well. They played uh, doubles together. And she picked up very early in the match that Barty was hitting over her backhand a lot more, a lot more topspin backhands than we usually see. Often she, often she prefers to slice. And... Delacqua said that would be completely deliberate because Garcia is quite good at handling the slice and Barty would have would have realised that almost immediately, picked up on it and had the ability to adapt her game in the necessary manner to sort of make that a non-issue um, and it was true, she was hitting a lot more topspin backhands and I think Garcia was a bit surprised by that mm. I think she was expecting the slice Almost, that would be a safety zone that she could hit to. No. She almost needed to second guess the the, the bluff. Exactly. That, yeah. And but then you can get into you can do that back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, can't you? Yeah. Um, and Kiki Mladenovic was practicing her slice after because obviously it was all over. You know, she only played for an hour. She went out and had a hit again. <laughs> and I'm not sure who she was hitting with Mladenovic, but she was practicing her slice. Um, However, I'm not sure whoever she was hitting with will have as good a slice as Ash Barty. So, well, almost certainly not, or else why aren't you exactly. number one in the world? So um, it'll be interesting to see how Mladenovic deals with, with the Barty slice tomorrow. But it sounds like she can adapt and hit that topspin backhand if she needs to. Let's hear from Ash Barty and also from uh, a very contrasting-sounding Caroline Garcia. I mean, I was expecting a good level of tennis from her because she's in full confidence and she was playing some great tennis in Shenzhen. But um, I was ready to play my match and, of course, um, it obviously didn't went uh, the way I wanted. And um, um, she didn't leave me a lot of space, but I always believe there is a way to win it. And uh, I couldn't find it today, maybe, even if it was maybe a tiny way. Um, I was ready to, to take it, but um, I obviously didn't see it. And um, I'm disappointed with my performance. If in the final of Fed Cup I don't have a little bit of nerves, that means I don't care much. So obviously I was a little bit stressed, but not overstressed. And I don't think that's the reason why I play that bad. But... Um, I think she today she, she played a very good match from the first point until the last one, and uh, I couldn't find uh, the little things who can bother her. Yeah, I think just overall, though, I felt like today I executed very well. I made um, Caro pretty uncomfortable, and I think um, she was able to feel that I served particularly well very and early on. Uh, mm. I felt like 
in the first three or four of my service games, um, I was in control of a lot of the points. And Kara is a player that likes court position. She likes to be up in the court. So that was a, a key factor for me today. And then also, that's probably the best I've returned in a long, long time. Overall, I just know that we've got one more really exciting day left uh, in this season. I can't wait to get out there. Uh, first thing tomorrow morning um, and represent Australia kind of one last time for this year. Uh, and then, um, look, it's, it's going to be a year that I look back on um, with incredible enjoyment. Um, I think uh, there are some memories that have kind of... I'd like to watch them again. I, I think I've forgotten um, some of the really good stuff and they've kind of all been fuzzed into one, but uh, I can't wait to sit back, relax uh, and enjoy this year and reflect on this year. Uh, but first and foremost, we're, we're really excited about the opportunity of tomorrow um, and, and to try and bring home a, a Fed Cup title for Australia. So Barty, obviously chuffed with her performance. As Matt said, she said in the court, best match she's ever played. Caroline Garcia, to me, sounded like she hadn't really processed mm. what had happened really she sounded quite um blank maybe in a in a bit of denial really i mean obviously talking about how brilliant barty was but compared to how kind of crushed tom Ljanovic sounded it, it didn't feel like it had quite sunk in <laughs> um for garcia which is perhaps very understandable is there a case for for caroline garcia being dropped there's a case i mean how how do you bounce back from a pretty humiliating defeat really in 24 hours less than perhaps um, however I think that's going to be so crucial for France Barty to me looks unbeatable I think she will win that third tie the third rubber tomorrow making it 2-1 Australia against Madenovic and that will then be a must win tie for France and okay they've got Elise Cornet, perhaps you could say someone. I can't imagine Elise Cornet completely folding in the situation, but equally, I don't, her ceiling isn't as high as Garcia's. And if they need someone to go and wrestle and win that match, I think I think you've got to put your faith in Garcia. You're you're looking at me like you I'm, would you think she's going to be dropped. I'm just I'm just trying to think of a time when I've thought of Garcia producing like really gritty gutsy tennis, and as mm. she has done, uh, I think probably back end of the season a couple of years ago when she went on when that charge. That I, I remember that match she played with Svitolina in the middle of the night in Beijing. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously, it's she's she's had a tough year, so. I, I mean, I've not seen her play that much this year because she's not been in the big matches on the big stages, which is, I mean, she ought to have been. Um, but do you feel like it's a bit? She's either on or she's off, and it feels like she's off. Yeah, a little bit. Mm. I, I'm not. I, uh, I, <laughs> I, I. But but equally, I think it's it's a big gamble to drop her, and if they if they end up losing that rubber with Caroline Garcia sitting on the bench yeah yeah the the, the, the bigger the bigger call for Julianne Beneteau is to drop her without question yeah the, I mean the safe call is to keep her yeah. in and I mean al- although then it's on it's on Julianne to do the to do the pep talk isn't it that goodness me that have to be some pep talk mm. it's one of those where it's it's one all but it feels like Australia are ahead and for that to be the case after they lost the first tie 6-1 6-1 and it was a it was a nightmare is remarkable and the party was asked whether it felt like she had 
earned two points in a way, almost completely damaging Garcia for mm. for the next day. Um, and of course, Barty Barty played that down and, of course. and said, "No, it's one point. Um, it's one point on the score." Yeah, a little bit. But subtext, <laughs> I think I think that journalist was onto something. Yeah. Um, yeah. G- goodness me. I mean, you've dismissed the challenge of Kiki Mladenovic against Ash Barty. She's beaten her a couple of times this year. Yeah, she she beat her just before Barty. After Barty became Barty. After Barty became Barty, just before she won the French Open. I cannot see her winning tomorrow. Barty was so good. So, so good But today. so good that you're inevitably not going to be able to play that well again. I don't know why I'm making this case. I mean... I would I would be more stunned than I was at the 6-love, six 6-love six scoreline if Barty loses tomorrow. Right I think then. she's playing that well. Regardless of opponent. Yeah. I well, mean, it's, got, yeah, it, it's going to be Medanovic. I mean, yeah, and it feels feels like if it does go to that decisive doubles I mean Barty's going to play feels like she's a superpower it's like it's like Steve Smith for Australia over the Ashes summer how do you summer. get her out how do you get her out how do you beat as long as she's in the team Australia are fine and that was the same with Steve Smith in the cricket like as long as he was there yeah they were always going to have a way a route to victory doesn't matter who her partner is just having some ashes flashbacks um yeah okay okay who would who if it's if it's live who are france putting into the doubles am i going to see a an abair mayu redemptive doubles moment well because that would make me very very emotional (laughs) unless it all goes horribly wrong (laughs) and they don't end up proposing to one another afterwards a la abair mayu in paris last weekend yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think I think probably Mladenovic and Garcia, but perhaps perhaps I'm overlooking the options that France do have. And Benito talks about options being a, a bit of a headache throughout the week, but equally that's your a, job, mate. They're a great thing Managing when you need the options. Them. And arguably, this is a pretty desperate situation. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, maybe he does need to use his options. Do you think he already knows? The doubles team. Do you think he sat Mladenovic and Garcia down in a room together and gone, "Can you do this?" Yes. Yeah. Well, well, they 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 played earlier this year in the doubles. They oh, won. Okay. They won the decisive How, tie what, what in were, Romania. What were the vibes like? They were good. Okay. They weren't ever hugging. No. Were there? Was there hugging? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hugging, so high fiving. They've had the redemptive moment. I just missed it. But I think this would be <laughs> bigger. Yeah. It still feels like their relationship needs yeah. needs something else to be back to where <laughs> it was. A helping hand. Yeah, it needs a, a, a Fed Cup final victory. Okay, okay. Which you think they're not going to get? <clears throat> I think Barty's going to do it for Australia. It's bad news for David's prediction. Bay's not here, so that's all fine. Matt, tell us what happened at four thirty this morning. Oh yes. Well, <laughs> I wasn't expecting anyone in my Airbnb to be up. So after the first match had finished, left my room, <laughs> wandered into the kitchen, filled up my water bottle, turned round. Glasses not on. Glasses not on, because I, I don't need my glasses to watch the tennis right. on the screen in front of me. Right. Um, and there, sitting in the dark, was my Airbnb host. 
So I turned around and jumped. God, it's like and she said, single white female, the tennis podcast edition. <laughs> she said, morning. Oh, and I, oh, it's too weird. I was, I was in a, I was a bit stunned and sort of said, Mr. morning Roberts, back. I've and been I thought, waiting for you. It felt a bit like that. And I thought, in this moment, I can try to explain why I'm up at 4.30. But then I thought, I don't have to do that. You just styled it out and so moseyed just, on back to your room. Morning, and went back to my room and watched Marty destroy Caroline Garcia. I it suspect that's not the end of uh, the story, folks. Well, the last time I stayed in Airbnb was at Queens, and I had an awkward experience then as well because didn't you end up having to eat a McDonald's at a dinner mm, table or yeah. something? They were eating. <laughs> Well, we hadn't met our Airbnb host. I was with I was with Andrew, American Andrew. Yeah, hello. Um, and the only thing open at Hammersmith at half eleven, quarter to twelve, once we finished at Queens, was KFC. So sure. We, so we got the boneless, ever reliable, got the boneless banquet. <laughs> went back to the uh, naturally. Went back to the flat. We hadn't met the Airbnb hosts, and we heard them downstairs. And we thought, oh, well, we're going to say hello. It'll be fine. We'll we'll just eat our KFC and you know we'll chat to them. It'll be fine. Turns out they were having a dinner party. There was four or five people down there. Hi guys, I've brought my own ban- uh, banquet but bucket. Banquet they, bucket. Boneless banquet. B- bonus banquet. Sorry. They had they come in a bucket. Everything exactly. comes in a bucket, doesn't it? They had homemade pasta. They had wine. It was classy. Pasta, sir. No, you're all right. I've got my wings. I've got my greasy, uh, <laughs> my very greasy chicken, which you know was awkward. <laughs> and they sort of watched us eat it, you know. Right then, tune in tomorrow, folks, for Matt's latest awkward Airbnb encounter. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. 
Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. What else is there tomorrow other than the uh, second day of the Fed Cup final in Perth? There's also the first day of the ATP finals and it features the Andre Agassi group. I, I keep... I keep blanking on which way around they are. I think it's the Andre Agassi group. And the two opening matches are Novak Djokovic against Matteo Berrettini and Roger Federer in the evening session against Dominic Thiem. I spoke to all four of them yesterday. Uh, Djokovic still struggling a bit with the tail end of the lurgy that he had in Paris, but he won Paris with the lurgy, so I don't think we particularly need to to dwell on that he was a little bit irritable um, but it was he was at the end of you know quite a long stream of stream of media perfectly he was perfectly fine um, just obviously was keen to get out of there and, and rest up and have a hit presumably Matteo Berrettini was just a delight. I don't, a delight I don't know how you found him in the press conference I thought he was the perfect balance of just humbled and delighted to be here but also expecting something of himself here mm. not just thinking oh well I've made it here that's the real win um, I, he wants something from this week yeah he, he talked in his press conference about the fact that he's a similar age actually to Medvedev um, Zverev yeah, he just looks about Sitsipas. a decade older he looks older but he's been on the scene in terms of at the top for mm. far less time he was ranked 52 at the start of the year and he's now number 8 that's a really that's a really mm. big jump and he talked about the fact that he could have been kind of put off by that. He could have been, you know, he could have seen those players having those results who are his age and, and thinking, why, aren't, why am I not there? But he said well, all he did was focus on himself and he knew that he was making progress and that he would get there eventually. He trusted that process. He's here now and I completely agree. I think he's happy to be here. There's certainly a little glint in his eye. He's... He's very pleased with his new surroundings, mm. but at the same time, he's not completely in awe of everything and just. He's not talking he about having result. posters of these guys on his exactly. wall growing up, which is those are the red flags, aren't they? Yeah, and the one the one red flag from this year is the Wimbledon centre court match he played against Federer. But I think he's come on as a player since then. I think he's had more big match experience. Certainly, he performed pretty well in the US Open semi-final against Nadal. It just reminded me of the text I sent my brother that morning saying, I think, I think Federer could be troubled a bit today. <laughs> Goodness me, that didn't age well. Thanks, Matteo. Uh, but he was a delight yesterday, a real a real delight, really um, open talker. I asked him whether he watched that Monfils-Shapovalov match um, oh, yes. in Paris, which determined his fate. Um, and he said, no, I couldn't watch, so I arranged to go out for dinner with friends he, um, he couldn't bear to watch. He couldn't bear to watch, yeah. Um, so he arranged to go out for dinner and he got a text and was just overwhelmed and, and delighted. Um, so that was a nice little story. And, um, yeah, Djokovic for him tomorrow. I think Djokovic is going to win. Yeah, I think Berrettini's <laughs> going to lose. Yeah, I mean... Having said all of that. Djokovic, I think, he didn't open up too much. I don't know what he was like in the press conference. Didn't open up too much on the on the world year-end number one thing. I think everybody knows how much he wants it, how big it would be. He was most um, effusive on the subject when I asked him about the fact that it was Pete Sampras's record mm. that he was aiming to equal, the fact that Pete was his hero. He talks about that. He talks really, really nicely about 
about Pete Sampras and the significance of, of him in his in his tennis life up until this point. Um, we all know how big a deal that record would be. We all know how much Djokovic wants it, but we also know that the ball is in Nadal's court. Um, he has to wait till Monday before he plays his first match against Zverev. Uh, and Medvedev Sitsipas is the other <clears throat> first match from the Bjorn Borg group on Monday. The second match tomorrow, the evening session singles match, Roger Federer against Dominic Team. They've played twice this year. Team has won both of them. Um, I asked both players about that record yesterday. Dominic said, uh, well, I think I was a bit lucky in both those matches. And then I said to Federer, Dominic thinks he was a bit lucky in both those matches. And Federer said, yeah, I agree. LAUGHTER <laughs> um, but crucially, Team said he feels physically significantly better here this year than he has in any previous season, which is necessary, isn't it? Because he's never been in any kind of physical shape to to perform at this event before. Yeah, exactly. He's crawled over the finish line for the last few seasons, playing you know twenty five, thirty events almost. It feels like sometimes, whereas. I think he he had a little illness, didn't he, around the time of the U.S. Open, and then since then he's he's been a lot better. Um, I would slightly disag- disagree with that assessment that team got lucky in those matches. I I think the Indian Wells final team wrestled that match from Federer, and there was not a lot that Federer could do about it. Uh, it felt like team was swinging, hitting big, and it was all going in it's very Dominic team to interpret that as getting a bit lucky though isn't it it is he would never say yeah I wrestled that match yeah whereas someone like Zverev would, would yeah exactly um, but Federer said something very interesting in press that he thinks the courts are playing quick this year mm, a-, a lot of people are saying that right I mean proof is in the pudding they obviously the courts play very differently with what is it 11,000 people mm. inside the arena to, to what they play but I mean Federer knows that he knows the difference doesn't he so he's he's got the best sample size of anybody to to be able to tell and I think on a on a quick court he might be able to rush team mm. um, it will be a test of how far team has come we know he's come a long way on hard courts but how far has he come indoors it was interesting I, I I put the I put the results to him and I said you know Vienna a couple of weeks ago Indian Wells at the start of the season do you feel you've turned a corner on hard courts and he completely dismissed Indian Wells he said no the conditions there are so like clay that I don't really count mm. it as a as a hard court victory um which again is so Dominic team so Dominic team yeah <laughs> um yeah, Roger Federer um, didn't didn't. I mean, he was he was interesting and and chatty as always. Didn't glean too much um, from what he had to say yesterday. I asked him how interested he was in the battle between Nadal and Djokovic for oh, yeah. for number one. Expecting him to kind of say, "Oh yeah, you know, I'm aware of it," but he basically said, "Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm really into it." <laughs> I wonder who and was doing all the maths and you know was aware of all the permutations etc. He probably wants Nadal to finish number one. Yes. Although that that would that would mean that equal. they're all yeah. equal. Although David thinks they're all going to end up on twenty slams, doesn't he? So imagine if they all ended up on twenty slams and, and on all five. five. I mean that would be ones. so perfect, wouldn't it? I know Federer is not ending. Federer is not getting beyond five. No, agreed. So. 
But then I suppose Sampras is already ahead of him, so he's never going to have that record. So I think he'd rather Nadal got yeah, it. Yeah, I think probably. There's, there's, there's always been more of an edge between mm. him and Djokovic, and that has actually mm. really enhanced that rivalry. Mm. It's, it's great that they have that little edge, that spice mm, that absolutely. Nadal and Federer have never, never really had. It's been a good rivalry for other reasons. And of course, the draw ensures that Federer and Djokovic will meet for the first time since that Wimbledon final. Uh, that match will be later in the week, and we'll talk about it when it comes around. I had to make uh, a bit of small talk with Federer while our cameramen were lining up some sexy, moody B-roll shots um, and don't know, I was grasping, I was really grasping Matt and I ended up explaining to him, mansplaining to him that the um, the boats they use on the Thames are the same <laughs> oh this is really really this bad chat isn't it oh. <laughs> um, the boats they use on the Thames here, the Thames Clippers are repurposed city cat boats from Brisbane, you know the, the oh, commuter right. boats in, in I Brisbane I didn't know that you yeah, learn, they're, you, you they're learn shipped something over new from every tennis podcast. Yeah, Federer was polite enough to say to sort of raise one eyebrow and go, "Oh, interesting." <laughs> <coughs> yep. Um, you, didn't, you didn't ask him to reel off his O2 records. Thank you for leading me onto this, Matt. Yesterday, the most extraordinary thing happened in WhatsApp history. So I was prepping for these. Um, Interviews. I was prepping for the Federer one, and I didn't have the notes to hand, so I um, WhatsApped our uh, tennis podcast group, and I said, um, can anyone remind me of Roger Federer's O2 record? And I would say about a second and a half later, the full record appeared, 2009 <laughs> to 2018. And I said, thanks, Matt not thinking much of it assuming that you had the notes on your phone and had copied and pasted and there it came and you said and you said no problem easy one that Roger Federer Roger Federer's O2 record would probably be my mastermind specialist subject <laughs> to which I inquired you didn't seriously just reel that off the top of your head it turns out folks Matt had reeled that off the top of his head without a without even a beat it was it, it was there. It was just there. It was just there. How quickly can it go? Go, do it now. Oh, gosh. 2009, he lost in the semis to Davidenko. 2010, he won, beat Nadal in the final. 2011, he won, beat Songa in the final. 2012, he lost in the final to Djokovic. 2013, he lost in the semis to Nadal. 2014 was the final he didn't play because of the whole Merka... <laughs> Wawrinka back gate. 2015 lost in the final to Djokovic. 2016 he didn't play. 2017 he lost in the semis to Goffin. And 2018 last year he lost to Zverev in the semis. There it is. We'll never beat that, folks. The tennis podcast has peaked, or, or Matt has certainly peaked. <laughs> I hope you've peaked because it's weirding me out and making me feel insufficient <laughs> it's making me feel a bit weird <laughs> right let's all go and feel weird in the weird venue that is the o2 arena there's a hollywood bowl out there who's going to hollywood bowl o2 it's all it's all 
weird. Everything's weird. Okay. Um, <laughs> join us for more daily tennis podcasts. There's uh, day two of the Fed Cup final tomorrow. If you want to watch the Fed Cup final at three o'clock in the morning, hopefully without some creepy woman sitting there waiting for you in the dark uh, you can do so uh, fedcup.com is the place to go for that uh, we've been the tennis podcast executive produced by tennisballs.com our mascot is Rio with a Y have I forgotten anything Matt tomorrow is the two day podcast the, is the it? day of two podcasts great <laughs> wow David's back David's back two podcasts We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.